Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday, wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Another season of Forgotten Horror has come to an end, but as Field paraphrases Al Pacino from Send of a Woman, We're just getting warmed up! Spend the next few months with Forgotten Cinema as Season 7 kicks off with movies from all across the decades. We jump to the 70s to talk about the front page starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. We dive into the 80s with Michael Mann's Thief and the Dennis Quaid Meg Ryan thriller DOA. And then slice into Butler's childhood years, the 90s, with The Last Samurai and The Negotiator. That's right, Field. You're old. So very very old shut up butler forgotten cinema part of the forgotten entertainment family hi i'm mike field and i'm pat whalen pat is a lifelong comic book geek and mike is a filmmaker and storyteller so naturally a bulk of our conversations surround the world of the marvel movies some consider the mcu one of the greatest achievements in modern day filmmaking and others just think they're comic book movies each episode we'll tackle one film and discuss the differences between the comic book and what's on screen We'll explore the growth of the Marvel Cinematic Universe from its inception to present day and beyond and have a little fun along the way. You may not have asked for it. You certainly don't need it, but you'll be happy we're here. We think this is yet another MCU podcast. Hey, Mike, you ready to queue up the Yacht Rock Radio and launch into <laughs> space with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? I like how you took control there. Nice job. All right, we're back. As Pat has just said, we're doing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. You know how like we like to do here at yet another MCU podcast. We go movie, movie versus comic, and then movie in the MCU. So let's go. Runtime of 136 minutes, rated PG-13. Production budget of $200 million. It's a big one. Rivals the Iron Man 3 budget. Released on my birthday, May 5th, 2017. Opening weekend, it did 146. Domestic 389 and worldwide 863. So, hey, it did, did pretty good. You have some returning players here. You've got, obviously, the director and writer, James Gunn. We don't have the original writer, Nicole Perlman, or, I think it was, from the first one. Uh, yeah, Tyler Bates returned, who did the music for Guardians of the Galaxy. But then you had different cinematographer, Henry Brown, because I believe the other cinematographer was working on another Marvel movie that was running long. I think you did tell me that he's yeah. done that the cinematographer, the original Guardians, they've right. done a couple other ones. Right. Part of the family. So you have all the returning cast members and, you know, Chris Pratt, Zoe uh, Saldana, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Michael Rooker, and Karen Gillian. Uh, so they all have returned and they're, I'm not going to give their names. You should know them already. But now we have new people entering the fold. We have Peter Quill's father, Kurt Russell, as Ego. I'm going to say this name wrong. Palm Clementiev as Mantis. Elizabeth Debicki as Aisha and Sylvester Stallone for some reason as Sakar <laughs> Agord. Is that right? Did I said yeah. that right? Agord. I'm sure he's a, a, a member of the comic that you're going to tell me about, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> oh, yes, we will. All right. So fun fact, I don't know if Pat and I are really high on this movie. Great music, right? The only reason anybody wants a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is so we get more music to drink to in the summer. <laughs> 
<laughs> and now you know what Pat likes to do. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's got a great soundtrack, and the, the movie starts off with a great song, and it's a great opening. And yeah. there's, there's there's a lot of style to this movie, and very little substance. Uh, yes, all some substance, but not a lot. Uh, I mean, there's there's pieces of stuff that I enjoy in this movie. Why don't you, because you're better at this than I am, just kind of give us where we are in terms of what this story is about and where we're coming from and all that good stuff. So we pick up a couple months after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, where the team has saved the day from the Kree invasion of Nova, and now they're kind of recognized mercenaries going about getting hired to do jobs. So they pick up early on in a great opening scene where they're fighting this uh, monster beast that's there destroying batteries for this sovereign organization. And they're hired by them to defeat the monster, and they do. Rocket steals one of the batteries, and then chaos ensues where he's being chased down, and the whole team, they eventually crash land in a planet, and that's where they meet Peter's father, who was teased in the first movie. It's Kurt Russell. He's Ego. He's a living planet. And it turns out that Peter is the only one of his many, 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 many children <laughs> yeah. that gained his his power and and he needed it to take over the take over the universe. The, take over the He had the same he has the same pretty much goal that Thanos has in yeah. Avengers. All these bad guys all want to do is just change the world to a better world. Yeah, he wanted to make over the universe in his own light, in his own format. In the meantime, you also have a side story with Yandu. The Ravagers are breaking up. There's mutiny among the group. We spent a lot of time with with Yandu and the yeah, Ravagers. Yeah. And eventually he they, they make their way over to help Peter and, and well, the rest of the Guardians. Yandu does, not Yandu the Ravagers. Does, yeah. Not all the Ravagers. I never realized that Ravagership was that big when at the when he's fighting was killing them all with the oh, yeah. arrow. Yep. How, how big is this ship? This is like this is like a fleet. Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyways, not to cut you off. No, but, I mean that was the movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So the scene when, because there's a couple things within the movie that I want to just kind of get to that made me like, you know, I was just kind of like, what? So he t- he shows them, Ego's telling them, hey, man, this is what I did. He's telling Peter, like, I met your mother. And they have that little display that they got, like, it's like you're in a Walt Disney world. The world of tomorrow. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're, on a, you're on a ride. And he shows them, oh, I saw your mom. We made out. And then, you know, you came. And But I then he, later on, he reveals that, you know, but I've been doing this, you know, all around. Years, thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of years. Two things. He tells how he started off as a brain. He doesn't know how. And then he imagined what biological life would be. And then he formed himself. Okay. So you imagined human. You didn't imagine any other biological. What, but, but you, he could be lying. And that's fine. Yeah. Then he te- when he tells him that, you know, that I've been going across the galaxy trying to find, trying to plant my seed and see if it'll grow. But when he shows it to him, he's human the whole time that he's making out with all these aliens. You, you never changed. You just walked around as a human. Humans are the. It's a little. It, it is ego that, yes. that that humans are the center of the universe. It's the center of the universe. It's, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. You so, think he would have? You're right. You think he would have like formatted himself so he fit in more yeah. with the the whatever I mean, culture he was trying to take. I, over. I get it, Mike. It's a movie. Shut up. I understand that. Uh, but but still, that 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 pumps out to me. I also didn't realize that Groot is not is baby Groot. He's not. The other Groot died. I didn't realize that. Did you know that? Yes. Okay. I didn't ever knew that. I thought it was just Groot. Like so no, he's a different. He's right. Like a different Groot. Right. Yeah. I didn't know that. I think when he grows up, yeah, I think you know he might grow up to look like big Groot that we saw in the first movie. Slightly different though. He's you know is part of this Groot species uh, that Rocket apparently is the only one that knows how to speak to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get the. 
the the many tags that are at the end of this movie um they have peter talking to talk to group yeah that little like he's a teenager now yeah. he's on but he understands him there That's so that, right. you know, i guess that was the first time you saw that other than rocket that, that was made mention uh, for the, for this thing, so yeah, no, that's fine. The one thing I enjoy about Guardians of the Galaxy is that they don't get along. Like the characters fight, and that they're, while they're together, and and you kind of at the end of this movie, they they talk about how they're family, yeah. and it's they're not you know, that kind of stuff. I, I I enjoy that that theme and that element. But I found the because the this story is supposed to be about Quill and Ego, mm-hmm. and the I the moment when he shoots Ego and he's and he's upset about I love that when he finds out his his he gave his mother cancer. Oh right, yeah. And then he shoot, shoots him right. and like pieces of his body come off and then just reforms. Right. That's a nice, nice moment. But, but that stuff is, I actually found the Gamora and Nebula stuff a little bit more appealing and I don't know, deeper. I wish they gave one of my notes here is I wish they gave Gamora more to do knowing what her storyline is in infinity war. Right. And that, you know, infinity war is, do they know, know that though? This is what 2017. Is what this no, was? this was. I just yes, it was 20. Oh, this then is, they do. Then they do. Yeah, this yeah. is 2017. You, you're five movies until Infinity War, right? Right, right. I think there was at least some some idea where the story was going. I mean, Infinity War came out 2019. No, 2018. Infinity War came out. Well, no, it was was it a six months? Or was it a year to the year? Yeah, it was a year to a year, so it was 2018 and 2019. 2019. Yeah, yeah, nothing came out. So, yeah, I, think, I think they knew what was happening with um, with Gamora's storyline, and so this one just seems like a really weird. Like, she doesn't have as much to do. There's a lot of scenes of her just sitting around, not doing much, and then what she does have is is the small pieces with Nebula. You know that works. You know the the relationship between Nebula and Gamora works really well, and you understand Nebula's fighting with her uh, hatred of her. And then you get a little bit more of Nebula, but there's not, I don't know, I would have cut out most of the Yondu stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of sped up some of the Ego Peter stuff and, and played more with Gamora and, and Nebula. Okay, yeah. As a whole, it's it's a little disjointed in terms mm-hmm. of the entire entirety of the story, because the story is basically, he, I mean, like the villain's not really... I mean, it's not a really like a no. they, have to, they have to overcome each other, number one. And they and but they but they have to overcome ego. But it's almost like as soon as you see the introduction of ego in the beginning of the movie, you immediately know he's he's going to be I highly su- suspect that he's the bad guy yes. because it's such a big reveal that he's been looking. For, you don't know. He doesn't know who his father is. Yandu was supposed to pick him up and send him his father. And he didn't. And it was such a mystery. And then they reveal it in the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And it's just, I'm your dad, Peter. It's like, all right. So that's a little bit just kind of like nonchalant. And then all the other reveals are nonchalant. Oh, by the way, I get, I murdered your mom. Right. But, you know what I mean? Yeah, he is ego. He just doesn't care. Right. He's going to take credit for it or just not think it's a big deal. Right. And, but yeah, it, it's a weird, they sit on that planet for a long time while Peter just talks with his dad. Yes. And, and it's, yeah. it's not even like engaging conversation. It's just, exposition dump after exposition dump after exposition dump yeah this movie feels like uh a season finale of like a a third season of a a show yeah because it's got multiple storylines trying to wrap up their individual things and that's great but that's not what a movie should be it should not be an episodic Uh, i just shouldn't especially since we talked about it it's 2020 now 
let's slide the pandemic aside for mm-hmm. a second. Um, this Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is not scheduled to come out for another four years, a minimum. Yeah, yeah. we're being yeah. We're, yeah, so. Let's say eight or nine years. Now you're, between twenty seventeen and we're going to go twenty twenty six. What's the focus in the next one? So this one has a lot of teasers mm-hmm. through it. So is it going to be Peter tries to track down Gamora, or right. whatever you know time displaced Gamora there is? Is it? We've talked about this in in the last film that Volume Three is supposed to be heavy on Rocket. Do we get Thor? In a Guardians movie, do we get Adam Warlock, which was teased in this one? Do we get Sylvester Stallone and those oh, Guardians God. that were teased in this one? Well, yeah, what why, is the yeah. next movie? Uh, that I have to ask you that. Why is Michelle Yeoh and why is Ving? Is it Ving Rhames? Ving, Ving Rhames in this movie, and why is Stallone in this movie? They're comic characters, and we could talk about those. All, all three of them. They're they're real. Yes. Okay, yeah, all right. So they go back to the um, I, in our last podcast, Guardians Volume One, we touched on how the original Guardians team came from the year 3000. Right. And they, these are the characters from that Guardians team. So it was all these guys plus Yondu, who was the big kind of... Um, we haven't even gotten into Yondu yet, yet. Gladiator warrior type guy of this 30th century. So that was... They were all... like It was it was a callback to them. But why are you casting such big names in these roles? And are mm-hmm. you going... Are we going to get to like an Expendables in space type movie? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Oof, God no, please no. Real quick, because you talked about Yandu, I hate, I absolutely do not like the Mary Poppins line. I don't like it. Yeah, because and and let, let me put it this way: I shouldn't say I hate the line. It's a funny line. I hate the fact that that line has turned into this like, oh my God, it's so like people rally around it because that's not the line in the conversation that you should be rallying around the line in the conversation that they have is he may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy or right. you may have, you know what I mean? That, yeah. that whatever that, he may no, have, I think that is, he yeah. may have been your father, but he wasn't well, your, your daddy. daddy. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, that's the line, not on Mary Poppins. Y'all that's the, that's the line you should be celebrating because with that line, I kind of wished there was a little bit more of, the Yandu Quill relationship, not only in this movie, but in the first one. Yes. Now I get it. Like you get the idea. Oh no, but you know he didn't. He was lying that he wasn't going to eat him, and he was lying that he he lied to him why he kept him. But like you never see any tender moments. No. You you see the end of the moment when he got the troll, and this is in the first one. He laughs. That's not what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for more than that, and they don't have that. And I think that would help. This that, one. This one. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, the the whole, oh, I'm gonna eat you thing, it was very reminiscent of Dread Pirate Roberts yep. in Princess Bride. Like, yep. oh, good night, Wesley. I'm gonna kill you, sleep well, I'm gonna kill you in the morning. Mm-hmm. But in I guess in the way that Princess Bride did it differently than Guardians 2 does, is the way Wesley tells the story is you hear some levels of endearment as that goes on. Mm-hmm. You never actually see that with Yandu, because in the first movie they're fighting each other they're tricking each other they're trying to yes. get the power stone they're, they're yelling back and forth oh you, you know you use me blah 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 and then in this one when are they in the movie together are they ever how often are they on in no. the same scene that that's not till the end yeah not, so we yeah. don't get anything no you're right it's, except for what people are telling us oh yandu raised you oh you know he didn't mean to actually he wasn't actually going to eat you right and it's got the running theme of you were small, you could fit into places, but 
yeah, you're relying on the you you're relying on the emotion of Peter and Ego to carry over to when Yandu shows up that you don't you they're hoping that you forget the fact that they have not had any kind of connection yeah. at all during this movie. Or the last one, really. right. And and to your point about Princess Bride, right there off the bat, it's one movie. Yep. All that stuff is done in that movie. I'm sorry. I love world building, but one of the consequences of world building is that now you're being reliant on people watching other parts of your movie series. So you now we have to watch volume one to kind of really understand volume two a little bit better. That's great. But that's not a this is not a Disney Plus TV show. This right. is a movie. I should be able to come into I should be able to show somebody Gardens of the Galaxy Volume Two and like, oh wow, I like that movie. And I'm like, oh you should watch the first one because you're kind of there's little things that would help you out. Not you need to watch the first one because you're not going to understand anything yeah. in the second one. You know what I mean? Yeah. World building's great, but this is a byproduct of it. And story is universal. And through all the years and decades and ages, it still stays the same. And you really shouldn't rely on other outside stuff. It's mm-hmm. great. Ancillary stuff is great. But it can't be like the main focus of right. what you want for emotion. And that's what, on this ancillary content idea, that's what's kind of challenged Star Wars over the last few years. Right. Is the core movies, the core sequel trilogy, haven't been the best. Mm-hmm. But we're supposed to go and read books and comics and watch a TV show and a cartoon and play a video game to get the full story of when we go and sit in and watch The Last Jedi. I don't understand the reliance on us finding our connection to a movie that we're watching and other content that's not in front of me at this time. Yes. There's two essentially standalone movies in the MCU, aside from phase one. In the later phases, there's Guardians Volume 2, it barely touches on anything else within the MCU. There's not a lot of Easter eggs. There's not a lot of connections in the movie. And then there's Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I can show somebody Black Panther and they have no questions. They sit there and watch a really solid, great movie right. that has a story told in two-ish hours. Right. You come into Guardians Volume 2, you don't have that. No. I guess you could also say Doctor Strange. We weren't a huge fan of Doctor Strange, but it tells its story... It's its own hours. story, it's right? It's its own story, right? And it tells it in two hours, and that's the problem with with Volume Two here is it doesn't. You need a lot of other things, yeah, to help you fill the story in. Yeah, and I just fear that Volume Three is going to be like that too. But let's go into the differences. The differences between uh, comics and the movie. I don't know. I know I sent you my list in terms yeah. of like what I'm trying to figure out, like where we could go and start off here. Let's talk about Quill's parentage. Okay. You know, go right ahead. It's the whole theme of the, the movie. Okay. Who's his dad? So it's not Ego in the comics. Ego is a essentially a planet with a face on it. And he's the man <laughs> in the moon. So he is not Quill's father. You know, that that is something built specifically for this. And I'm a little interested. There's a reason behind it. And that is because his father is a guy named Jason. There's a apostrophe in there. Nice. Uh, comma to the sky. <laughs> uh, for you psych fans out there oh boy so jason of spartax so sparta spartoy whatever it's a planet within what they call the shiar galaxy the shiar galaxy christ man you're losing me <laughs> yeah I know. the shiar galaxy is big in x-men lore so it's a bi- i don't even know if they had the rights fully to the shiar galaxy in this film depending on when i don't remember when the fox deal was but it's it's a shiar ties into a lot of the the space pirate stuff the phoenix saga in x-men I like that they set, uh, or they, they actually didn't set this up in here, so I'm not sure if they're going to be able to, how they bring that stuff in later on. He's essentially like a a prince of the Sparta Empire, and he, during a war between Sparta and a couple other planets, he crash lands on Earth, and that's where he meets Meredith Quill, and he, you know, falls in love and impregnates her, 
and then peter comes out which peter comes out peter comes out (laughs) peter is born (laughs) peter happens (laughs) the stork brings peter Uh, Um, that's what i hear but so jason eventually that you know he meets up with quill later on in life and he asks him to join him and rule the galaxy as father and son so jason leaves just like ego leaves yeah he has uh, to get back to his planet to his war. And does Quill's mother die? Like, same way? Does she die of cancer in the comics? I don't know how she died. But, okay, does she die earlier? Like, does she, like, leave him Yeah, I think they, young? they made okay. it, so... And he's kidnapped, all that stuff. That's, yeah. That's all the same? All right. Yeah, so James Gunn has said he doesn't like Jason because it's too Vader, Luke Skywalker-esque. This, okay. Like, Why, is he bad? Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. So he he brought him in to kind of rule the galaxy with it. He wanted Quill to come in and join him and rule the galaxy with an iron fist type thing. Right. And we'll do it together as father and son. And like it's almost identical to the line. It's in, the same. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But that's the same stuff that Ego tells him. Yeah. Because the only reason I, that he does it the hard way is because he's fighting him. So he's like, fine, I'll just take it. Yeah. The only thing I can think of that made Ego different here is that he's got this planet aspect to him. This planet power. Yeah. The light. Which... I know what we we're we're in the differences now, but you know, Quill masters the light really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so we can have a catch. Uh, anyway. Fun fact about Jason, he there's a Guardians animated show. Okay. That ran on Disney XD or something. I'm sure it's on Disney Plus now. Yeah, I think it's on Disney Plus now. Jason was actually Quill's father in that. Oh, okay. So it was one of those quasi continuity. They kind of pick and choose the adventures that they want to keep in continuity, but they had this whole. It ran for three seasons, so they they started telling the, the Jason story. I'm sure that we Marvel's already uh, disavowed that, so it's probably, probably burning yeah. all the copies yeah. right now. Ego is. Let's get into, I guess, the Celestials because I wanted to talk about that last time, and you said no. And <laughs> I knew this was coming. Okay. So ego, but ego's not. So he's a, in the comics, he is a cosmic entity. Yes. Not a celestial, but he says in this, that he's a celestial, right? Does he, or does he just talk about the no, creation? He of says like the celestial. I think he, ta- I don't know. Okay. But tell me what cosmic, what, what the cosmic entity is. And then let's get into the celestial. All right. So like I said, ego, he's not a guy with this planet. He's a face in a planet. And so he does do the same thing where he uses his kind of essentially antibodies or spores to to farm other planets. Years and years ago, back in the 70s, when he first showed up, Thor defeated him. And they had like an antagonistic relationship for a little bit, like Thor would fly into space and, and beat the planet and then blah, blah, blah. But then Galactus, who's the Fantastic Four villain, who we saw in the, the second Chris Evans Fantastic Four movie, he's a little bit more of a cosmic entity as well. He was coming to devour Ego. He's a devourer of worlds. And so Ego and Thor teamed up to beat Galactus. Okay. This is the problem. And I'll get into the cosmic entity piece in a bit. Ego has very frequently faced off against the Supreme Intelligence, who is Annette Bening in Captain Marvel. I knew that. (laughs) And But this is the problem where you kill off your villain in the only movie that he's in. This is the thing that comic book movies do all the time. And it's not just related to mcu movies like it goes back to the burton batman era yep or the raimi spider-man movies is they just kill them off and then you can't use them again right i know kurt russell had to be expensive probably so i get why you only use them for one movie but you can also like but like you said before he very thanos-esque in this it's like how do they both coexist in the universe yeah how do they, they yeah. never bump into each other yeah i know i don't so, know 
that's the history of Ego, the cosmic entity. Then there's the Celestials. And so the Celestials are part of the Eternals mythos, which we're going to get that movie eventually. At some point. Who knows? Maybe Disney Plus. <laughs> Whatever. There's not a lot connecting this movie to the other MCU films. We kind of talked about that. But this is the piece that may be able to be like a launching pad for the Eternals. Celestials get deep, so I'm going to try to like <laughs> dumb it. I had to dumb it down for me. As I'm going, I'm like, I don't understand half this stuff. They date back to like the creation stories and the dawn of the universes. There was Adam and then Eve came along and then they had servants that worked under them. They're, they're big, like blocky. You see an image of one of the Celestials in this film and they're, they're very blocky. Where? When he's uh, when uh, Ego's telling his origin story, so he like looks. Oh, okay. It's a very brief glimpse. I I don't know how to. We'll put it on Instagram or wherever we post stuff. But they're very blocky. They're very like um, Minecraft. Not quite. Not that blocky. But um, they're not human. Like they're, they're humanoid and they're human esque. But they're not. They have other pieces to them. When you say Adam and Eve, you mean the Bible Adam and Eve? Yeah, I'm simplifying it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, so I was gonna ask you, what did, what ribs did they pull for these guys? No, no, no. no. I'm, okay. I'm just like. That type of idea. There were right. like these okay. these two entities that were at the beginning of creation. Gotcha. And they came gotcha. along and then they had these servants. And so you had the, the monochrome ones and then you had colored ones like red, yellows, orange, greens, whatever. And they were a little bit more rebellious, these multicolored ones. And they wanted to see the universe grow and evolve and kind of do its own thing where the monochrome ones were very much, no, 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 we, we wait on these people. This is our job. You know, this is this is what we do. So they're very black and white, and the other, uh, yeah, yeah, in between the lines. I yeah. gotcha. I mean, the gray areas. Right. So you know, they broke off, and that's when they became that this multicolored group became known as the Celestials. And We're forming our own band. <laughs> kinda, yeah. Yeah. I guess to keep it kind of related to, just as a note, nowhere the planet nowhere that right. they go to, and the first one is ahead of a, a former yes. celestial. Yes. They're that big. Yeah. Okay. I believe it was Guardians One where the Collector came in. So Benicio del Toro's character explained that the Celestials would use the Infinity Stones to control lesser life forms. And so that's kind of pieces of where the, the, the origin of, of the Celestials and the Infinity Stones came from. They're not supposed to interact with, with humans. They're really just supposed to be watching, monitoring, watching, you know, seeing as it grows and evolves. Right. And that brings me to the other point is the Watchers is Stanley's cameo today. Okay. So the watchers, those big bulbous headed guys that we see with the blue robes, they just watch. They're, they're like, supposed to they like to watch. They like to watch. <laughs> so they show up at times of uh chaos and you know craziness. So mostly they've been showing up at the major crossover events in the comics. So Civil War, there's a big splash page. Fear itself, Original Sin. Those are some big comic epics that have happened where they just show up and and you know, they're there and they understand that this is a pivotal moment for Earth. So that being said, do you like the Stanley cameo? It's okay. I mean, I, I never like him, but it's kind of sad when they cut to the end of the movie and they have it. He's just like, I've got so much more stories to say. And you're just like, oh, God, he's dead. Jesus. Yeah. Like, That's a little sad. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I guess it's bittersweet. This was two of four that he shot together. We talked about how mm -hmm. Gunn had talked about how he shot the one for Dr. Strange. You've got two more to go. So it's not like... This is the last one, but still, you just. Mm, oh no, bad. we have. He goes all the way until Endgame. Does he? Yeah. Oh, you're right. He goes all the way until Endgame. That's you're right. My bad, but still, it still feels a little sad while listening watching it. Um, I think they could have cut out that tag, and it'd be better. There were like it was seven tags in this, in yeah. this movie. There was like 
I was like fast forwarding and, and then <laughs> and I'm like, oh crap, another one. So I don't know what watcher Stan Lee was supposed to be because there's a main one. His name's Uatu. Isn't that a fan theory, though, that he's a watcher? I think it was a fan theory and then they kind of canonized it. I appreciate that you're working with the fans and, and seeing what they're saying. But for something this kind of no. minute, it was fine. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if he's playing Uatu, who's the main one who's like designated to watch over earth and he's the one that shows up on multiple occasions because there's the new disney plus series what if okay which features uatu voiced by jeffrey wright this is a cartoon it's going to be a cartoon right. and it takes it every all the main actors voices are in there so they imagine different worlds different you know so if peggy became essentially captain america or you'd love that wouldn't you <laughs> captain america she's not american but um i think if, if t'challa actually was kidnapped instead and became star lord gotcha so it's you know imagine these alternate ideas so it looks like uh, jeffrey wright's uatu is going to be the one that kind of narrates the whole process mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting to see you know now that we've been talking a lot about multiverses too yeah well that seems to be this. a thing now that we're yeah. gonna so we can get, get iron man back into this movie yep <laughs> so rocket raccoon yes was on the planet already in the comic yes so this was one of our recommended readings Ooh. for volume one is that it, because of my note or you just already knew that you were going to do that no that was because you know like nice. I, I, nice it was included i've influenced in, the recommended reading no no you inf it was already in recommended reading oh, volume one man oh so i'm calling attention to that one darn it all right so in i think it was issue six of the okay. scotty young rocket raccoon series where rockets just kind of like wandering through the galaxy doing his own thing it opens up with him exterminating fleas or like lice or something on ego is that you think this was intentional or just kind of like kismet like with a ego was the bad guy in volume two and he rocket was on the planet in the comic I think, was it on purpose well it's like two pages it's the first two pages of that issue right i think it was published before this movie it was more of a like just showing rocket doing stuff right like you, you know you open up with a small quick hit of him like doing a job and then he goes into the real story mm -hmm. i want to say that came out in 2015 maybe so after the first movie or in line with the first movie right but i don't know like maybe james gunn had seen it and mm -hmm. said well i don't want to do jason of spartoy let's do ego gotcha oh maybe mantis yes two things one Real quickly, was she always a guardian of the galaxy? Because they kind of make her into one. No, she wasn't. Okay. And she's not whatever she called herself in this movie where she was a, a sapling or a like, where Eagle raised her with his own hands. Like, that's what she says yeah, in no, the movie. Yeah, no, she's not that. She was a human in right. the comic. So we'll explain Mantis's uh, origins in the comic. So. Uh, doesn't good when it starts off with a silent. <laughs> well, fun fact. Eventually, she settled in Willimantic, Connecticut. Okay. <laughs> Probably about two hours from where we're recording this. And she was listed on number 99 on Comic Buyer's Guide, 100 Sexiest Women in Comics. That That's not a fun fact. Come it's, on now. It's, that's a little bit gross. Yeah. Because they didn't do a Sexiest Men in Comics list. Of course. Why would they, Pat? God forbid. Uh -huh. I, I need to know. <laughs> it says here that she is a human yes. who acquired her skills by living with the Cree. Go there. That's it. Yeah. That's so. It? She was picked by the Kree to become essentially like a, a Madonna figure for the Celestials. So the Kree come down to Willamantic. Is that what you're saying? No, they come down to, uh, I think she was in Vietnam. 
they come down there. She joins. Oh, a that's church. right. 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 Okay. You don't have to go get the comic. It's fine. <laughs> she joins a church and they, they train her to be this Madonna figure for the Celestials. And she mates with uh, a member of the Kotati, a, a highly intelligent race of aliens. Wow. And so she's trained by the Kree. She does gain those empathetic powers. How does she, she gain the powers? By mating with whatever you just said? Yeah. And and being around them. Um, Interesting. So she... I don't know. Man, <laughs> she, this is a weird one, but... I mean, she really does nothing in this movie but touch people and tell them how they're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And they make her... I know... Does she pop up in Endgame at the end with when they do the female? Yes, she does. Does she really? Yeah. I didn't know. I gotta go. Well, we'll watch it again. But wow, so, I'm kind of holding off on watching those until we do them because I want to watch them fresh. Fresh, for us. Yeah. yeah. So some point she actually dies in an explosion, or it's thought that she dies, but her personality is split off, and so it's you know she has to go and piece together her personality because nobody dies in comics, right? She popped back up. In the 2008 relaunch of the Guardians and joined the team at that point. Right. And they she would stay on the planet of nowhere. But this is, I think we touched on it in the last film and the last episode of uh, Guardians where Star-Lord used her empathy powers to trick people into joining the Guardians team. In the comic? In the comic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like everybody was mad when... When they found out, as you should be, when they when they found out that oh, she, that had she tricked, was tricking them, she yeah, was, right. Star Lord right. was using her to trick them. Is Star Lord is he not as noble as he is? I mean, because they make him out to be like, I mean, let's be honest, they try to make him out to be like Han Solo, almost like a lovable thief, a yeah. lovable smuggler, and somebody who's who does the right thing, but he lives in the gray areas. They absolutely try to make him like that, almost like Mac from uh, Serenity from. Yeah, uh, Firefly. Yep. Is he that way in the comic, or is he okay? He is. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. I'm nodding my head. Yeah. No, I got you. It's this is an this is a uh, audio format that we're doing here, Pat. Uh, so ex- yes, he is. So the joke that kind of loses punch for me in the movie about the third time they say his name is Taserface. Taserface. <laughs> so tell me about the race known as the Stark. A, a box of Tony Stark's weapons got flung into space. <laughs> it said Stark Industries on the side. Or whatever. <laughs> Once hey. again, Tony Stark affecting yeah. something out there. This is in the comics. I don't know how this guy got his name Taserface in this one or if he is actually part of the Stark. But uh, so this box of weapons made its way into space. They crash landed on this planet where existed this alien race. And they started using the weapons, worshipping Stark as as their god because they, they then used the, the weapons to conquer other planets. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, Taserface is a member of that. At some point, he... And he fights the Guardians on a number of occasions. He got beat by them, and he lost the name Taserface. Oh, no. And he became Overkill. Okay. Or the Nameless One. <sighs> yeah, exactly. I think this is just one of those, there was a character, and like there was a space character that had faced off against the Guardians at one time. And they want to put him with the Ravagers. And they put him, yeah, they, which, they put him in there. Which they, he ends up killing all of his Ravagers. Yeah. Every single one of them yeah. in this movie. Baby Groot, is he in the comic? This, the whole idea yes. of Groot dying? Yeah. Okay. Does he Groot die more than once in the comics? Like, do they keep just redoing him and to question. new Groots? I don't know how many. Th- I don't know. Okay. Yeah. That's just a question. And the the I know that we talked about this in the last episode of Guardians, that Yondu used to be a Guardian. Right. Yes. Does the father-son thing that they do in this movie in the comics between him and Quill? So that band of the Guardians we talked about was from the... the year 3000 so they never intersect 
initially they didn't. Okay. So he was this whole other like universe type thing. When they relaunched the characters following the movie, they redesigned Yandu from this like space gladiator type guy to one that looks like Michael Rooker's character. Okay. And then they've added that same bit of personality of um, father son dynamic. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So they they've you know this is where it influences and then doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't influence type of thing. Well, maybe as if you don't have anything else, maybe as a bridge to the MCU stuff, let's talk about Adam Warlock. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I know it's DC. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, I am completely lost with Adam Warlock, Black Adam, right? Is it Black Adam? So Adam Warlock is Marvel. Black yes. Adam is DC. I know, but yeah. I keep hearing them and I keep, and, and I'm just, I'm lost. I don't know what's what. They're not as, as similar as the names probably lead to so black adam is the main antagonist of captain marvel okay one of the main antagonists uh dr savannah was the other one black talking, adam or adam warlock black adam okay so right. we're talking for, for those listening we're talking the shazam character okay there's a big history about why what name dc can use or not use because marvel also had their own captain marvel and uh captain marvel the dc character the shazam character was originally created for Fawcett comics and then they kind of went under DC picked up the rights to most of their characters, but because of the name Marvel and the limited number of uh, competitors in the space and Marvel having books called Marvel comics and a few, you know, Captain Marvel, they weren't allowed to title a book Captain Marvel, which is why the book series and the movies have all gone by Shazam lately. Real quick. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can make an argument that Shazam's DC's best movie. It is. It is. It's good. It's, it's really it's, good. Yeah. Yeah. Of the recent ones. Yes. Yeah, uh, if you like, you're talking Batman versus Superman. I'm Man talking. Steel, I'm talking Justice all this. Yeah. All that Aquaman. stuff. Like. Yeah. You'd hope that somebody in Beach. Warner Brothers would be like, "Wow, why can't we do these all like this?" Because somebody, for some reason, keeps hiring Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, go on to go on to Adam Warlock. So, Adam Warlock. Uh, he was created back in the '60s by uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. He was in a handful of Fantastic Four and Thor stories. You know, they were able to, you know, pepper him in there. He was kind of known as him for a while. Just uh, he, he was a very Christ-like figure, uh, Messiah type, like space Messiah. And so when they had this Roy Thomas and Jim Starlin and, and Starlin's work and even Roy Thomas's work have uh, during the 70s and, and late 60s, they really overhauled and defined the the cosmic universe of the marvel comics so we're we're lee and kirby or more lee and, and maybe john romita and steve dicko are working on the street level heroes the iron man's the spider-man's these guys were doing wonders in space so adam was created by a group called the enclave and not, the, not sovereign, the sovereign not the sovereign is the sovereign part of the comic i don't know oh really yeah i don't know interesting that. okay go yeah. ahead enclave so they're like a scientology-esque group of, of doctors who want to use technology to take over the world. And so he was a superhuman created by the doctors on Earth. And he had all, you know, your standard superhero powers, flight, strength, energy manipulation, things like that. Eventually, Adam heads off into space, you know, and he's given the soul gem or the soul stone. And it's the green one, because in the comics, initially, the colors were mixed matched with the titles. And he partners with Gamora and Thanos to take on... Um, a villain called Magus. And I'm not going to get too into Magus, just know that it's kind of like an alternate, darker version of Adam Warlock. And so he's able to trap pieces, you know, souls within the soul gem. 
and he's able to kind of like split himself and expel the good and the evil. So he becomes a little bit more without emotion, like Vision was. Okay, yep. Where he was made without, you know, emotion or feeling or anything. But right. eventually he, he learns to, to get that. So he is big in, like, he is one of the key players in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Okay, which we've already done. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and this was the concern with a lot of fans is, you know, you tease Adam Warlock in this movie. We know Infinity War is coming up. We know Thanos is going to get the gauntlet. Are they going to just introduce Adam Warlock as kind of like a deus ex machina to, to save the day? Right. Obviously, none of that happened, but we did get sort of pieces of it with Captain Marvel. And that was the other pieces. They, they introduced this omnipotent hero who's going to come in and can blow up spaceships. Right, right. So it's, you know, they took pieces of that and, and put it in the Captain Marvel story. So in Infinity Gauntlet, Thanos gets the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. He wants to impress death. This uh, uh, an embodiment of death that he has a crush on. Okay. <laughs> so Thanos does the snap and he erases half of all life. It happens. I think I saw something like about that in the movies. Yes, yeah. go ahead. And Adam Warlock has to put together a team of remaining heroes to go and beat Thanos. I've got to and, unsnap the snap. Yeah. So it's it's very much a warlock led series like he is the main kind of thanos is the the villain focal point eventually thanos does the same thing that he does in endgame where he retires and he just lives out life but nebula gets the gauntlet and so they had to stop they have to adam warlock has to then stop her from okay. causing more harm but i'm interested what they're gonna do well that's what i was gonna since we're let's dive into this movie within the universe what are they going to do what do you think they will do with him I don't know if they're going to do anything with them. Right. We talked about it. There's They tease so much in this one. Yeah. And they James Gunn has come out and said, we want to focus on Rocket more for Guardians 3. You only have two hours. Yeah. You've shown us that you can't tell a cohesive story when you have stories on, on two planets. Well, I think you're going to yeah. introduce. You're going to have to expect another episodic movie. Yeah. You're going to have to. I think you have to expect Which that. Which is sad because it's going to be the conclusion of the Guardians trilogy well assuming that's the thing though i don't know because it's keep volume one volume two that tells me that there's just more movies coming yeah. now granted do you really think that these chris pratt and zoe Saldana, david bautista are going to want to sit around and do this over and over and over again no they're not going at some point they're going to get tired of it the only other note i have in this movie in terms of within the mcu is that this is the first movie in the mcu that takes place during one phase but it's a part of another. So this is supposed to take place during the uh, during the uh, movies of Phase Two, but it's a Phase Three film, which is what we talked oh, okay. about because it's yeah. several months after Guardians Volume One, and you've still got the stuff. So it's in con- either concurrent or in between all that other stuff. Yeah. This is the other movie that I do is Captain Marvel, obviously, because it takes place in the nineties. Right. But I don't have anything else in this movie that shades anything coming forward. No, I mean, other than all the tags, which we're still not even sure how they're going to play out. Yeah. This is a, a purely standalone existing within its own two and a half hours kind of story. I mean, the only one that I had was you see Howard the Duck. Uh, the yeah. Time. Who cares? Yeah. I, I mean, but that's it. Like he makes an appearance in the first one and he'll make an appearance in Endgame. Oh, wh- where is he? He comes end? out of the portal with a gun. Oh, my God. Give me a break. But have that's you, it. No, I'm not this person type of person, but just for the sake of argument, have you seen the original Howard the yes, Duck? Yes, I have. It's not exactly uh, appropriate at times. 
and it's a PG no, it's movie. It's not good. It's no. not good. Stop trying to make him like like a titular hero here. I don't want to see a Howard the Duck Marvel movie. Sorry. I got off my soapbox. For those uh, joining us on Patreon, we're going to be doing Howard the Duck. <laughs> oh, no, don't get me wrong. I'll write it. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Yamp. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Field, will write, yet, field but, will write that. No, but we will, I uh, speak about myself in the third person. Now. If you want us to review that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's really nothing to talk about in terms no. of this movie. and Because the next movie that, I mean, I'll tell you what we're doing next, but the next movie in the series is Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. So we get Underoos back, and he and we he's part of the you know universe now, and right. we get to see a whole movie with him um, and Iron Man. Yeah, well, yeah, and then we'll see him coming return later in Iron Man Four. I mean, Spider Man Far From Home. <laughs> but anyways, what the only other thing I wanted to ask you was or tell you I didn't know if you knew this that did you know that the character of Ego was owned by Fox? This is before they bought Fox. Okay. No, and, I didn't. And it, okay, so it's owned by Fox because it was connected to the Fantastic Four Silver Surfer movie, the franchise. Okay. They had to ask Fox for the character because Gunn was like, no, I want Ego. And so they agreed if Disney would allow them to use the powers of Negasonic Teenage Warhead in the Deadpool movie. Okay. So, they, so in order for them to get the powers that she has for the movie... They said they could use ego in their movies, right? That's an incredible Talk about trade. Proprietary like, stuff here. Who are you like? Like, I'd love to be the lawyers <laughs> in the conference room. Be like, we'll trade you ego for Negasonic Teenage Warhead, and uh, we'll throw in a couple packs of trading cards. <laughs> Uh, am I getting this name right? Is this Negasonic? <laughs> uh, yeah. Let the jury see that her name is Negasonic. <laughs> to be an entertainment lawyer must be fantastic. <laughs> Let me ask you this, because I, I think we have a little bit more time for what we, we try to end these things on. Sure. What do you like better? Guardians soundtrack for volume one or volume two? I like the volume one soundtrack. Yeah. Volume two's got some got some songs in there that I'm like I, I'm okay with, but yeah. like the Cat Stevens songs, I'm like, eh, it's okay. I'm not a Cat Stevens guy. I like my 70s, 80s. Well, 70s. This is mostly 70s yeah. uh, mu- music, late 70s, early 80s. I like my rock in that time. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff, like the Brandy's a good song. Brandy's great. Yeah, it's a good Come s- a little bit closer. Yep. It's fun. I, I tell you what, there's not a lot. Not, they do way too many slow motion walks in these movies. Every yeah. time they can do it, they do a slow motion walk. But yeah, no, I like the I like the music in the first one. Although you, when I was writing the notes up for this, I put on the Spotify playlist that has both Volume One yeah. and Volume Two songs. Listen to that, so that's fine. No, I, I don't I don't mind that. I was born in '75, so yeah, I'm familiar with these songs. <laughs> I was not. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll get there, Pat. No, I, I agree. I, I think Volume Volume Two has some great ones. You know, Brandy that. Uh, Fleetwood's on here, which is good. Yep. Uh, Mr. Blue Sky was a really fun, solid opening. The problem is that with that song, as all I think about is Wes Anderson movies, because it's it's in one of those movies, right? Is it? <sighs> was it? Maybe I'm just thinking about something else. I think about a different movie, or I think about a different show with that song. Fox on the Run in Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> I don't know, but I just I think about that song. I don't equate with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Yeah. I equate it with something else. Yeah. So when I hear it in this movie, I'm just like, oh, I like that song, but yeah. I'm like, mm, I, I, you know, that's not really how I, you know, group dancing all this stuff. That's, I mean, that's cute, and my, I'm sure when my kids watch this movie, they'll think that's great. Yeah, my, my wife will probably think that's great too. <laughs> well, that's, I, I think that was the big takeaway. I was talking to people, and I was like, oh, but Groot's so funny, and I'm like, yeah, but tell me what happened. Yeah, I'm but like, that's like Baby Yoda. That's yeah, like, like Yoda but Groot was funny. Mandela. I was like, okay, yeah, I know. It's a sell. I, I get you. Yeah. But I get you. Yeah. So that's that's all I wanted to know. I think uh, I think we're in agreement on this one. It's, it's a Saturday night movie. You know, pop on, watch. Good. Good to go. 
Both movies are fine. One and mine right. too. I'm just like when you dig deeper, though, it's pockets of substance and a whole lot of style. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my two second review. Okay, so next week I will be returning with Pat for Spider Man Homecoming as we continue on with our Phase Three. This is actually we're doing we're splitting up the phase. I forgot, so it's Phase Three Part One for us here. Yes, but now I will leave you. And Pat was going to tell you what to read for your comics. So uh, get your pens and get your pads ready. Here comes the recommended reading section. As always, at the end of each episode, we like to send you home with some recommended reading that follows up on some of the characters and plots presented in this week's film. Our recommended reading section is sponsored by Infinite Heroes, comics, cards, and collectibles in Watertown, Connecticut. If you're in the Connecticut or New England area, it's a great location to pick up comics from Marvel as well as DC, Image, and more. They also have a large collection of trading cards, toys, and collectibles. Owner Paul Santos has worked in comics for years, most recently as an editor at DC Comics. Ask him for a recommendation and tell him we sent you. Thanks for listening. As always, some recommended reading for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. We previously explored different versions of the team in our Volume 1 recommended reading, and and this time it's no different. In 2017, Marvel launched the all-new, all-different Guardians of the Galaxy. This series stars all your favorites from the MCU, Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Rocket, and even Baby Groot. In Volume 1, Communication Breakdown, writer Gary Gooden and artist Aaron Cooter reintroduce the team that's on the run from the Nova Corps and caught between a feuding Grandmaster and Collector. So I'll give you some uh, some reading to get ready for Thor Ragnarok. And then in Guardians 3000, Dan Abnett seemingly returns to the characters he helped revitalize. The only difference now is exploring the original Guardians team, a.k.a. the one from the 30th century, Read on and learn more about some of the original team members we see in this film, including Starhawk, Charlie 27, and Vance Astro. And then finally, you may have left the theater or your living room asking, who's Adam? Well, we tried to answer that question in today's episode, but if you want more, check out Warlock, the complete collection by Jim Starlin. This collects Strange Tales 178 to 181, Warlock 9 through 15, and a handful of others. It leads directly into the Infinity Gauntlet saga. As always, thanks for listening. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you next week.